Amen. And aren't we glad? What a good, good God who would not leave us in our lost and fallen state, but would send his son to redeem us. What a good father. Well, we greet everyone at home today. Uh, if you're in the house today, you're here on purpose because you had to drive all over the place for the, the detours. You had to get in and out of the rain. And so you're here because you're hardcore, I guess. So, you're, you're, so welcome everyone in the house and welcome everyone at home. Welcome. Come on. And uh, thanks, Reg, for leading us in that communion. We haven't had communion in, you know, uh, in a regular service in so long. So before you take your seat, why don't you look at someone and just whisper to them, you get better looking every time I see you. Every time. Every time. <laughs> I want to give a big shout out today to our school principal, Tracy Deal, who's watching this morning online after a surgery this past week. She's doing well. David, she's doing well. And so we give Tracy, love you. And know that you are strong and tough, and uh, we're believing God for an absolute quick recovery, and uh, good to be there with you today as well. Also, just a quick update. Three weeks ago, we had our missions conference, and we believe here at Imaginations Church, our mission is to deliver justice and Jesus to as many people as we possibly can all over the world. And so we have something like 24 projects where we're building homes for widows, where we're rescuing girls out of sexual slavery, where we're digging wells in Cambodia. And how we do that every year is we make a faith commitment to, that goes outside of the church. And so the, our faith promise is money that we commit as families and as individuals to help the poor and to preach the good news of Jesus. So three weeks ago, we were up to an amount of something like 800 and some thousand, 830,000 or something like that. But I want you to know as of this weekend, because those faith promise cards continue to come in, and as of this weekend, we are up to $975,000 to give away outside of the church this year to the poor. Come on. And so, uh, what a great church. And I certainly love, Carol and I love being the pastor at this church. I love it that we get to pastor a church that gives half of our income away. How many think that's probably a good thing? Somebody else think that a good thing? All right. I've been speaking uh, this year on our theme, the power of open. When, we, when something opens, an, an open door, an opportunity, amazing things happen with the power of open. You know, when we open our heart to Jesus, we have everlasting life. How powerful is open? And when we open our heart to the Bible and obey, we have overcoming life. And so I've been talking for weeks about the power of an open Bible. Open your Bible. 
And I've been walking us through uh, a little bit on this topic of having an open Bible. If we open our heart to Jesus, we have everlasting life. If we open our heart to the Bible and obey the Bible, we have overcoming life. That's some of the power of open. We read, of course, John 3.16 shows us the power of everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But Colossians 3.16 shows us the power of an open Bible in our life. And we read, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Come on, how many know the Bible is more than just an ornament on a shelf? It's more than just an idea that we lean into. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And then let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16. So we've been to John 3.16, Colossians 3.16. Now 2 Timothy 3.16. And here's what we read. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. How many reckon we could use a little of that today? The scripture teaches us what is true and makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. Well, somebody help me. This is what the Bible does. It teaches me what is true. It helps me realize what's wrong in my life. It corrects us. It it corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. I'm talking about the power of an open Bible in your life. And then it says this, God uses it, the word, scriptures. God uses the Bible to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's the power of an open Bible in open hearts. So we talked about we should open our Bible regularly. We should open our Bible reverently. We should open our Bible receptively. We should open our Bible for readiness. And we should open our Bible for retention, to memorize and meditate on the scriptures. Then we looked for one whole week on how that we can open our Bible with confidence. And we looked at the reliability of the scriptures, and especially the New Testament documents. And we walked through how that the New Testament was written by multiple and independent sources, not just one person getting some, you know, uh, site in a cave somewhere and he pins it. No, multiple independent sources compiled and contributed to the scriptures. We found that we have thousands and thousands of New Testament manuscripts. We find that the manuscripts were written early, very early. Probably every New Testament manuscript was written before 70 AD, the fall of Jerusalem. There's a lot of reason that we could believe that. We find that the documents are a collection of eyewitness accounts, people who were ready to die and not deny what they had seen with their own eyes. We, saw, we also saw that non-Christian sources outside of the Bible talk about Jesus, and confirm the most important details of his life. We also saw that we could literally reconstruct the entire New Testament if we had no documents at all, just from the writings of the early church fathers who sat at the feet of the apostles. 
We also found that there is historical and archaeological evidence that corroborate the New Testament documents, names, places, and dates. And then we looked at how ancient prophecies are fulfilled in amazing ways in the New Testament. In other words, we can open our Bible with confidence. And then we looked at the subject of science and Scripture. Are science and Scripture compatible or combatible? Does science conflict and contradict Scripture? Or does science confirm and cooperate Scripture? Can we believe what science says and what Scripture says? So we looked at this. What does science say? And we answered the question, science doesn't say anything. Scientists do. Scientists who hold world views say things. And there are scientists who hold atheistic worldviews, and there are scientists who hold theistic worldviews. There are naturalist scientists saying that science eliminates God. There are theistic scientists saying that science illuminates God. Science does not speak, but scientists who hold worldviews speak. So we've been walking through the power of an open Bible. I want to show you today three things that happen when you open your Bible. Are you ready? Three things that happen, powerful, amazing things that happen when you open your Bible. The first thing is this. When you open your Bible, faith comes. Faith comes. Where does faith come from? In Romans chapter 10. And verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you will open your Bible and open your ears to what it says, faith comes. That's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing what the word says. Fear comes by hearing what the world says. Faith comes. Faith comes. It's important that we take heed what we hear. Because what you hear is going to probably bring something to you. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 and verse 24, take heed what you hear. We've got the word speaking. We've got the world speaking. One translation says, take care what you listen to. Another says, Take care about what you hear. Why? Because what you hear is going to bring something with it. Now, faith doesn't come when you open your Twitter account. Faith does not come through your Facebook feed. Faith does not come through your Instagram link. Faith comes when you open your Bible, when you hear it, and when you heed it. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, I love this translation. Every child of God is able to defeat the world. Every child of God, from 3 to 103, every child of God is able to defeat the world. Follow along. And we win the victory over the world by means of our 
faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. The greater my faith, the greater the victory in my life, the greater the overcoming life that I live. And where does faith come from? The, the apostles one day said to Jesus in Luke chapter 17 and verse 5, they said, show us how to increase our faith. Well, this is an important revelation. This is an important prayer because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So what do we do when doubt draws near? How do we respond to questions that confuse and confound? Where do we turn when unbelief and uncertainty undo us? We open our Bible with ears to hear, and faith comes. And faith is my victory that overcomes the world. Faith comes, and I overcome. I open my Bible, and faith comes, and I overcome with my life. Paul said this to the Ephesian Christians. In Ephesians 6, in verse 16, above all, Above all, above all media, above all information, above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, there's a really interesting way to look at faith, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. There is a wicked one who shoots fiery darts at you. Take above all, Take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Look at this. Look at this. This is amazing. What happens when you open your Bible? When you open your Bible, the shield of faith goes into your left hand and the sword of God's Word goes into your right hand. And you are now dressed for success and you are now ready for living and overcoming Every child of God, listen to me. We need a Bible revival. I am praying and I am asking God for a revival of the Bible. Lord, send a revival of the Bible to our homes, to our church, to our children, and to you and to me. We need this desperately in this day and in this age that we are living our lives in right now. Every child of God is able to overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So when I open my Bible, number one, faith comes. Number two, when I open my Bible, light comes. Light comes. Psalm 119 and verse 130. The entrance of your words gives light. Light. It gives understanding to the simple. Light comes. Sight comes. Answers come. Clarity comes. Understanding comes. I can see. I can see. I like the way the 
Passion Translation says this. Break open, there's a good word, break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts, and I might add open Bibles, are given insight into your plans. What happens when I open my Bible? Faith, light, insight comes. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse 105, your word is a lamp under my feet and it is a light to my path for living, for seeing, for understanding. An open Bible illuminates my life. Jesus said in John 12 and verse 46, he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. That's a description today of the world you and I are living in. When you open your Bible, you flip on the light and you dispel the dark. And now, with light and insight, I know what's right. How do I know what's right in this world today? I need light. I need insight into what's right. And this is what we read in Psalm 19 and verse 8. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. How do I know how to live in this day and in this age? How do I know what's true and how do I know what's right in a world that's gone mad? You know, in 740 B.C., that's like 2,761 years ago, the prophet Isaiah tweeted this about his culture. It's the first tweet, maybe. I don't know. 2,761 years ago, this was his tweet about the culture, about the day and the age he was living in. And here's what he said. You can read about it. It's recorded in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil. Who put darkness for light. And light for darkness. That sounds a whole lot like the current culture that we are living in 2,761 years later. Right is called wrong. Wrong is called right. Good is called bad. Bad is called good. The world is wobbly and weird. Culture is crazy and confused. Society is shaky and unsure. And in an upside-down world, we need a compass. We need a true north. And we need a plumb line. 
and we need an eternal perspective on a temporal situation. We need to build our house on the rock of the word while culture is being built on the shifting sands of the world. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 and verse 33, heaven and earth, heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. There is a true north. There is an unmovable. There is an unshakable. There is a plumb line. God's word will outlive and outlast every kingdom and every culture. Every fashion and passion will wither and wane. Every fad will fade. In 1863, William B. Badbury, famous songwriter, hymnist, he actually gave us the great hymn that we learned as children, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But in 1863, he penned a new hymn, and he wrote these words. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When I open the Bible, faith comes. When I open my Bible, light comes. And thirdly, this morning, when I open my Bible, cleansing comes. Cleansing comes. In John chapter 15 and verse 3, Jesus said to his disciples, Now you are clean. You're clean through the word, through the word which I have spoken to you. When we open our Bible, there is a washing, there is a, a cleansing that comes when we open our Bible. Paul told the Ephesians in chapter 5 and verse 25, he says, Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. There's a washing of water by the word. There's an opening the word of God and a washing that comes. There's a washing of water by the word. By the word. The New Living Translation says it this way, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. What happens when I open my Bible? God's word washes over me. A fresh cleansing comes. It's like, it's like the dust of the world gets washed off me. It's like, it's like, it's like what hand sanitizer does to germs, an open Bible does to my soul. James, the apostle, the brother of Jesus, chapter 4, verse 8, says, come close to God and God will come close to you. I would say, open your Bible. He says it this way. Come close to God and God will come close to you. And listen to this. Wash your hands. Well, there's something novel. 
We haven't heard that before. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. There is a washing in the word. There is a cleansing in the word. His blood washes us from sin, but his word washes us from the world. In John chapter 13 and verse 8, we see this interesting talk between Jesus and Peter. Peter says to Jesus, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus says to Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Peter says to Jesus, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus says to Peter, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean. When I open my Bible, it's like the dust of the world is washed off my feet. What happens when we have a revival of the Bible? What happens when a Bible revival takes hold of my heart? Powerful things. Powerful things. Faith comes. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Light comes. The world sits in darkness. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Light and insight for what's right comes. Clarity comes. And cleansing. Cleansing comes. Reading it washes me. It washes over me. Honestly. When I open God's word, it's as if Jesus is still washing his disciples' feet with the water of the word. Every child of God you need a Bible revival. I need a Bible revival. We need to let the Holy Spirit come rushing in. And we need to open our Bible and let faith come. We need that shield of faith and that sword of the Spirit. Those are weapons of warfare. That's how we overcome. This is the victory. This is how we overcome. You're not going to just sail through this world. There's too much conflict between what the world says and what the word says. You're going to have to be, your loyalty will have to be decided, not divided. Oh, brother, I've got a lot of doubt in my life. Well, well, brother, pray for me. My faith is really low right now. Pray for you. Why don't you read your Bible? I'll pray for you, but if you don't read your Bible, what good is my prayer for you? Open your Bible because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Open your Bible. Open your heart. Open your ears. Hear it. Obey it. Do it. Faith will come and you will overcome. We need this revival of the Bible to sweep over our church. 
I'm going to ask you to stand with me. At home, you're welcome to sit or stand. If you're in your pajamas, go ahead and stay seated if you're home, okay? I'm going to talk about this a whole lot more in the next few weeks. The power of open. When we open our Bible and we open our ears to hear and our heart to obey, powerful, powerful things happen. Faith comes. Insight comes. Don't be swept away in the craziness of this current culture. Don't buy in. You need to be awake, not awoke. That's another sermon. I'll write that one later. How about we let the word of God wash over us? How about we let the word of God sanitize us? How about we let the word of God get the dust? We've walked all week in the world. How about we let the word of God now wash the dust of the world off our feet? How about we let the word of God come in? How about we give the word of God more place than we give Facebook? How about we put our book in his face? Our face in his book. His face is in his book. Why don't we put our face in his book? I'm not saying don't do the other. I'm just saying don't outdo. Just don't outdo the other. Did I say that confused? Yeah, it was probably confused. Maybe I... Did anybody catch what I was trying to say? Sometimes I get my tongue wrapped around my eye tooth and I can't see what I'm saying. That's a dad joke. That's a dad joke. Come on. Would you put your hand over your heart if you want to? You don't have to, but if you want to. Father, would you bring a Bible revival to this church? Would you bring a Bible revival to our homes, our marriages, our kids? And Lord, even our culture. That, Lord, those who sit in darkness could see a great light, a, a light of love, a light of what's right. Help us, Lord, not to be confused. Help us to be filled with faith, filled with love, filled with kindness, because we're filled with your word. Lord, help us make good decisions about what we hear and what we're listening to. You said, take heed what you hear. Lord, let me hear that which brings faith. Let me hear that which brings hope. Let me hear that which brings love, not confusion and fear and doubt. So I bless this house. I bless this church. Everyone at home, Father, I bless in Jesus' name. I pray we'd go blow the dust off our Bible. I pray we'd not let the devil make us either too lazy or too busy to pick it up and read it. But that we would lay hold of God's word and we would let God's word lay hold of us in Jesus' name. Amen.